Welcome back to the Vet SOS Podcast brought to you by the Who You Know Network. Remember, don't drown to see a transition. Grab the Vet SOS Lifeline. I'm excited for this one, Eric. I am so excited. We got Keith Cassent with us who, who just approaches things in such a powerful way. He's going to be dropping serious knowledge bombs. I can't wait to hear what he's got to say. I'm here with Eric as always. Eric, how are you doing today? Dude, I am loving life, man. It's a beautiful day here in Georgia. Sun is shining. I've had a couple of cups of coffee, which means I am ready for what Keith's about to drop. I am so excited, dude. This guy is a flipping legend. Um, I love this dude. I love what he does. I'm, I'm happy to call him my friend and my brother. Keith, dude, what's up, man? What's up? <laughs> Not much, guys. I'm, I'm doing well. It's pretty nice here in Virginia Beach as well. So, yeah, I can't complain. Did some yard work this morning. Uh, got a little bit of manly stuff done. And, uh, yeah, so, super excited to be here with you guys now. Very nice. Very nice. Well, without further ado, let's jump into your intro here. So after a 22-year career in the Army, Keith had a relatively tumultuous, you had to put a word in I couldn't pronounce, uh, transition. This experience gave Keith an intense appreciation for the transition mentorship community and deep desire to give back to the community. By day, he lends his skills and talents to the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. By night, he provides transitioning veterans with assistance and services such as VA claims, finding their passion, seeking employment, to include, but not limited to, networking, resume writing, interviewing, and job offer negotiations, and many other skills a military professional in transition might need. Key's sole goal is to help veterans transition smoothly and effectively as possible with maximum efficiency and impact. That is an amazing statement, and we love the fact that you are doing that. We need more people like that doing that for our uh, community here, Keith. So, Keith, you already said you're doing great. You already said you did the yard work. Um, we're going to jump right into the questions, you know, cause okay. I'm sitting here doing the recordings while my kids are out doing the yard work. So, you know, we're, we're pushing it from a different uh, perspective here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm an empty nester now. So now I, okay. know, this falls back on, on me and the wife again. So <laughs> yep. I got a teenager I'm teaching a little responsibility to. So absolutely. Yep. <laughs> All right. So first tell us a little bit about your transition. You, you, you say you had, you know, a, a relatively rough one. You know, tell us a little bit about that. How that, you know. Yeah. So a lot of the things I talk about with folks, uh, I, I talk about them because I did them or I went through them and I experienced them. So, um, you know, my tumultuous transition um, was it was largely, uh, well, self-induced one because I, I didn't have a mentor in the beginning and I put all my eggs in one basket. I thought it was too easy. Um, I figured I was going to go law enforcement, you know, you know, it, it was, you know, uh, said and done and all that, like who, who would want to, you know, 22 year army veteran coming off, you know, with all the knowledge and experience. So I put all my eggs in that basket and I was going to go be a police officer too easy. And, um, along the way that basket dropped and got shattered and all the eggs broke. And I went into freak out mode, um, you know, could be a police officer due to, due to medical reasons and stuff. So, um, so yeah, you know, I had to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up all over again. So, um, I went into freak out mode, you know, had a family, you know, wasn't an empty nester yet, had a, a you know, a wife and kids, you know, and, and, you know, wanting to put food on the table and, and everything and, and not live in a cardboard box in the street corner. So, uh, you know, started leveraging every single resource I could get my hands on. So, you know, I mean, every nonprofit you can think of, I probably at least looked into them or at least tried to reach out to them, um, had some amazing mentors come alongside me. And, you know, in the end, uh, after a lot of stress, a, a lot of this gray in my beard is probably attributed to that transition. But in the end, I landed on my feet. And when I did, um, I, I realized, you know, I, I wanted to give back. 
to that community that that came alongside me and helped me along the way. You know, I figured if, if I can help just one veteran, uh, if I can just help them ease that transition just a little bit, just make, I mean, you're never going to be able to get rid of all the stress. You know, that that's one of the, one of the, the hard truths I, I might talk more about today is it's going to be stressful, you know, but at, at the end of the day, if I can at least just ease some of that stress a little bit with a little bit of guidance and assistance, uh, then, you know, then uh, I've, I've succeeded and, and I've done, you know, done my job. Absolutely. And gray or no gray, that is an impressive beard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I am. I'm getting a little, it's, it's a little warm over here. I'm looking at that beard. Like, wow, right? I don't know. I don't know. Well, the wife gets the final say when she gets tired of it, it goes, but hopefully she never gets tired of it. So see a very smart man, very smart man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you, in our conversation, you brought up the term Band-Aid Ripper of Transition. <laughs> I love that. Just, just thinking about that, the visual of that is something I think we need in this community. Because uh, yeah. I, I have, I've, I, I just finished my transition, you know, fully out now. And, you know, through that process, I, I met people along the way in some of the courses I did that, you know, had this opinion of, you know, how things were going to go and didn't want to listen to, you know, what was being taught and things like that. Uh, so I think someone ripping that bandaid off for, for people is, is much needed. So tell us a little bit, how'd you come across that? What, where did that title come from? Uh, somebody I was, I was mentoring kind of gave me that. They were like, wow, you just don't hold back. You just come by and rip all the band-aids off. So, um, you know, and there, and there's, it's important, you know, I'm not a jerk about it. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, my wife does say, you know, I, I give them way too much information way too soon. You know, I, I overwhelm them right out the gate. I try not to I'm trying to get better about that. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, um, I like to joke, you know, I, I love food way too much. So if I sugarcoat it, I'm going to eat it before I even give it to you. So, um, you know, I, I try to, yeah, I, I got to give you the hard truths right up front. Um, and it's just to set expectations. Like I said, it's never, you know, never to be mean. I, I there's always a silver lining in it, or at least a, a way, okay, you know, not giving the hard truth. Now let's, how can we mitigate that or at least, or even overcome it kind of thing. So, um, you know, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, hard truths up front, band, you know, band-aids being ripped off. Let's, let's, let's expose those instead of covering them up. And then uh, that way we can, we can tackle them and be aware of them moving forward. I love Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> I love it. You know, I, I've got to ask, and, and, and just as you're talking, Keith, this is kind of like popping in my mind, right? When, when, when you're dealing with one of us, right? When you're dealing with, with the us's of, of the world and <laughs> you're getting in the conversation and you're digging in and you're just trying to kind of help them navigate. What is it about, what, what is, what is it about ripping the bandaid, right? What is it about that hard truth up front, kind of the bluff, right? What is it about that? That makes it so valuable because I, there, there's nuggets in there, right? There's, there's, there's yeah. things that we need to understand. What is it about that? That makes it so valuable. I think, First of all, it's it, first of all, I think I get clout with the the service members when I give them the hard truths. They're like, okay, this guy's gonna give it to me real, real and raw, right? Um, and and I had I had folks, and I'm, I'm far from the first band aid ripper. Uh, you know, it's just somebody gave that 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 nickname to me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I had uh, two mentors in particular that were very raw with me, you know, uh, you know, and would give me that that boot and my fourth point of contact when I needed it, kind of thing. So. Um, you know, so the, the value being that, yeah, there, you don't have these, these, I don't want to say lofty because it's okay to dream, right? It's okay to, to want, you know, 
uh, you know, dream big and, and want uh, to, to succeed and even excel. Um, I think it's more of the hard truth of the work that's required to, to, that needs to go into it to, to attain those goals. Uh, you know, I, I've seen some people, you know, glide through their transition and they, you know, they landed on their feet, but you know, they maybe didn't land where they wanted or where they thought. Um, and then, you know, they're trying to play the catch up game to get where they wanted to be later on. Cause they thought it would be easy. You know, they thought that TSSCI was going to land them the perfect job, or they thought coming out as a command sergeant major or E9 is going to land them the perfect job right out the gate. They didn't realize that, yes, there's still work to be put in. There's still grinding to be done. Um, so, yeah, just, again, setting those expectations up early uh, will hopefully help them with, you know, realizing the, the amount of, of, of legwork that they're going to have to do when they as, as they go along this journey. I feel like you just took a shot at me being an Intel professional on my TSSCI. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against it. And it won't hurt. It won't hurt, but it's not going to guarantee you anyway. So. So, so, uh, I, I absolutely love that. And I love your approach. And, and you know, I had a, a mentor or I guess a coach through the Commit Foundation who was very much the same way, you know, um, but, because let's be honest, we, we I, at least I can, I can lie to myself all day long. I mean, I, I can, right. in my mind, I can make everything sound great. You know, the older I get, the better I was type of deal. Um, so I, I think it's important that we have somebody that, that that's going to say, Hey, stop for a minute, pump the brakes, look in the mirror. Let's, let's really take a, a hard look at this. Um, I, I think that's a great point. Uh, so since you've transitioned, since you moved out, you know, into the, the wild here, um, you've continued to give back and support various organizations. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the organizations you've been involved with and some of the things that you've done? Um, my goodness. So, I mean, yeah, I volunteer with just about, well, well not all of them, obviously. There's, there's over 45,000 uh, nonprofits registered with the IRS. So, obviously, I don't help with all of them. But um, crazy nonprofits registered with the IRS just for veterans, I should step, yeah, should clarify. But, um, so yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, what I call a freelance mentor more than anything. Um, you know, I don't get paid a cent, never received a single dime for any of the stuff that I've done. Um, but yeah, I, I, obviously I'm on Veterati. That's kind of the, the freelance uh, home for, or the home for the freelance folks like me. Um, but I do a lot of volunteer work for specific organizations. So, um, you know, I'm a volunteer mentor with Higher Heroes USA. Um, I'm a volunteer mentor with American Corporate Partners. Um, and I do even started doing some more stuff with them. I started writing uh, weekly articles for the a ACP Advisory Net, nice. uh, which then goes into ACP Connects. So, uh, you know, but yeah, I'm actually just finishing up my my year long mentorship on my second ACP protege. So uh, they, they're already lining up the third for me. Um, but uh, yeah, Higher Hairs USA, ACP, uh, USO Pathfinders. Um, another phenomenal organization. Uh, I don't necessarily, I've done a few presentations with them, uh, especially back when I worked at Wells Fargo, I would do some like financial classes and stuff for folks that are transitioning, but usually kind of like the freelance aspect where if they, if they come across somebody who's uh, either looking to get into the financial industry or the cybersecurity infantry where I now work, um, they'll, they'll send folks my way for mentorship. Uh, let me think of who else I, I worked with. I can't remember. Oh, uh, onward opportunity. Um, so uh, I, I help them in numerous ways. Again, folks come, they, they send folks my way sometimes, but also I've done presentations for them on the human resources side, which is where my certification, when I went through uh, O2O, I got the HRCI certification. So I, I present kind of the, the, yeah, the, the block of instruction, if you will, on recommendations and how to prepare for that exam and that certification. And then I've also sat on their panels 
uh, their transitioner panels where it's kind of like what we're doing now. It's a panel of, of service members that have gone before uh, and, and they're coming back in to, to talk to transitioning service members to uh, give them advice. And, and it's kind of open Q&A uh, for folks to ask questions and, and get some some real life feedback kind of thing. So I think that's kind of the, the limit of all my volunteers work so far. So, um, but yeah, I'm sure more will come along, but uh, yeah. I, you know, Keith, I love that too, because I think what, what I love about somebody like you, what, what I love about you specifically, right, is I think you do a great job of highlighting how all of those organizations you listed stand shoulder to shoulder, right? Yes. They work in concert together. There are yes. so many of us, I think, that that think we have to choose, oh, well, I'm going to work with this organization or I'm going to work with, no. And I love yeah. that you highlight that and you highlight that by, by example, right? Yep. You, as long as I have known you, you have always been the dude that like, you can talk, you talk, you talk well, but you do, right? You're a man of example. And I love that about you, brother. I love the work that you, you put in for our brothers and sisters. I love what you're doing. Um, but I love, I, that just really highlights for me, like, that's what all these organizations do, right? They stand shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I forgot too. So I, if I could real quick go back, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Military Transition Roundtable, which is like a bi-weekly online, uh, like I said, it's a round table to be folks and their peers, as well as some mentors in the room uh, helping. And then uh, Transition 30, which is uh, usually bi-monthly, uh, but yeah, uh, amazing, another amazing organization and group to work with. So but, yeah, let me get yeah, those two real quick. There we go. That, that's amazing. And most of the organizations you listed off, I did something with during yep. my transition, you yep. know, and I know Eric's not going to hype ACP, but ACP is phenomenal. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I'm still dealing, you know, not dealing with, but communicating with my mentor and going through that whole process. Um, just an amazing experience in, in the things that you get. And the fact that each of those organizations has a little something extra, you know, yep. I, David Trenholm came on the show and he was talking about how, you know, in a lot of cases, 80% of what the organizations do is fairly similar, you know, whether it be resumes, uh, interviews, whatever. Uh, but it's that special 20% that a lot of the organizations have that's different that, that makes it special. Um, 100%. Yep. And, and MTR, I mean, it, it, they're doing some great things, have several cohorts, uh, really enjoyed being a part of that as well. Uh, and they were actually our first two guests on, on the show uh, when oh, we first okay. started. Um, so uh, big, big supporters of everything going on there. So you have a full-time job, yet you're still doing all this other stuff. How do you manage it? How do you find time for this? Because you also have a family. Yeah, let, let us let us behind the curtain there, Batman. Let's see yeah. how this works. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the my wife is a huge role player in that. Um, she is amazing. She keeps me in line. She, she reminds me more often than not because, yes, uh, when I first started doing this stuff, I did I went full bore. Uh, and I was still trying to hold on a full-time job. So obviously it was cutting into personal time. And, um, yeah, my, my wife was very, uh, just, she was great at just helping me establish boundaries, establish schedules, you know, uh, set limits, you know, if you will. So, you know, um, so generally speaking and, and where I'm at now, my current employer, uh, my boss, he's retired army. Um, you know, obviously I have a job to do, but if I, you know, like at the beginning morning, if I'm like 30 minutes late, or if I drop out an hour, maybe in the afternoon early uh, to go mentor somebody kind of thing, because they can't, you know, maybe they can't do after hours either. Uh, then, you know, my boss, is obviously, as long as I'm making, making meetings and making, hitting deadlines and everything else, my boss has been so understanding. So uh, that's another reason why I love where I'm at with my employer as well. 
Um, but yeah, all that to say, yeah, just, I had to establish boundaries and, um, you know, so it's, it's, you know, I got my five o'clock PM, I cut it off, you know, so no later than five early mornings. I can, I can do a little bit more on the front end. Um, cause you know, we're, you know, my wife's getting ready for her job anyway. So, um, you know, the morning is not too bad. And then I get one hour in the weekend. So this weekend is my one hour with you all. <laughs> so you all got my, my, my one hour for the weekend. So now um, I feel really special. I was going to say, right? yeah, I'm a little taken aback by that. I, I feel right. good now. Yeah. Uh, you guys are worth it. So, um, so yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just having to set those boundaries because, you know, it, it can be a very, very involving, very time consuming, uh, and quite frankly, exhausting, not to say that the mentees are exhausting, but you know, I, I'm an empath. So, um, you know, that's one of the reasons I had to leave Wells Fargo. I love Wells Fargo, but I, I just, that job was killing me, uh, because I was dealing with customer service and customers don't always, aren't always happy. So it's the same way when you're dealing with mentees and, and transitioning service members, it's not always the most joyous conversation. Sometimes I'm dropping those truth bombs and those hard truths and, and ripping those band-aids off. And I feel for them because I was there, especially, um, so yeah, it can be emotionally taxing. Um, I've even taken a little bit of a step back on LinkedIn. I just announced that I think last week. Um, just got to take a little bit of a step back. It's getting a little bit too emotionally taxing. Again, my wife's a, a phenomenal, uh, you know, litmus test for me. She can usually tell if if I'm getting a little worn out, um, and she'll drop little hints. As she lovingly does. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 uh, definitely got to establish boundaries um, and, and and hold hold hard times before you get overwhelmed. Dude, I love that. And I know, I know Sean's wife is really, really good at that. My wife is exceptional at that. One thing my wife continuously reminds me, and I'll just say this for anyone who's listening, who does what, you know, who tries to pour in as much as you do, you, you, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Absolutely. You have 100%. to read. And I love that your, your, your spouse, your wife is in the ring with you. You know, I know how much she supports you. Um, but at the same time, right? Like making sure that you're, you're taking the time to refill your own cup so that you can continue to give. Um, 100%. I think that's great, dude. I think that's incredible. Yep. I also say Absolutely. if you miss the subtle hints, frag out. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, she's 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 throwing a few few frags every now and again. Oh yeah, she's she's not a she's a little She's not opposed to that at all. So, yeah, yeah. But she's, no, she's that, that is that is so true. Um, so, you know, I, I think you brought up a great point there that you know the people in our audience really need to understand and embrace, and that is their mindset when they're talking to people in the transition space. You know, because mm. we've all heard horror stories. You know, you've probably experienced a ton of them. So is Eric. I, I don't really do any of that yet. But um, of the people coming in thinking they have it all figured out already, you know, that it's their way and they're going to, you know, use your words, all, all their eggs in one basket and it's going to work out and they're going to be the next CEO of this company and so on and so forth. Um, how have you had to... Aside from ripping the Band-Aid off, are there other ways you approach that to try to handle it? You know, um, I really want our audience to take away the fact that they need to really take a look at their own mindset when they're doing better audio calls and things like that with people. Sure. Yeah. I mean, just be open. Just be 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 willing to to take in feedback. Find a mentor, first of all. I mean, I, I cannot stress that enough. Too many people, they try to step out in this journey alone. They probably don't even think that there's mentorship out there. Uh, you know, by the time they're seeing this video, they probably already somewhat realized it. But yeah, I just find a mentor, find 10, don't find one, find 10. And, and then just listen, be open, you know, we're here to help. And, and I've, I've heard some horror stories, even on the mentorship side or mentee side with mentors that some mentors are just, they're too much doom and gloom, you know, and it's like, they just want to, 
you know, you know, just talk about all the negativity of transition and stuff. And, you know, that's like I said, that's the thing. We're going to rip the bandaid off, but I'm going to rub some dirt on it for you. You know, we're going to we're still I'm still going to give you some 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 help at the end to, to, to find some silver lining or get past the, the obstacles. So, um, yeah, the advice I would give to folks is yet yeah, find that mentor or mentors, find those mentors and then just listen and just soak it up. It's not going to be easy. Um, because we're going to give you stuff to do. Uh, one of my mentors that was phenomenal. She came out of Onward Opportunity. She kind of took me under her wing personally, and and uh, and she's gone on to, to bigger and better things herself. But I mean, that was like when I started to shift over to the mentor side. She she came back and circled back and gave me some advice. And one of the biggest things she said is, "You cannot do the work for them. You cannot rewrite that resume for them. You cannot find jobs for them." Um, you cannot do any, so give them the advice, but lead, you know, lead the horse to water that, that old out analogy. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you've got to do the work as the mentee, as the transitioning service member. So listen to what we have to say, but also be ready to put in the work. Cause again, it's stressful. I get it. There's a lot to it. Um, you know, but again, if you put in the work, you're going to land on your feet. And you're going to be on to so many bigger and better things. You know, we've all heard the statistics. You know, the average veteran has three to five jobs in the first four to six years, which I always give window spans because I'm, I'm huge on statistics and studies, but they all have different results. So, you know, three to five jobs, four to six years, um, you know, and I'm, I fall in that. Right. I'm on job number four and I've only been retired not even four years yet, you know, um, and but each job was upward mobility and some kind. I was either getting better pay, better hours, better benefits, some kind um, where the work itself was going to be more enjoyable. Um, so, you know, but again, preparing for that, knowing that, knowing that I might have to take that pay cut right out the gate to f- just get my foot in the door, get somebody to take a chance on me. That's another bandaid I tend to rip, but, but again, studies show though, that, you know, even though you might have to take that pay cut and tighten that belt for a little bit, statistically speaking within two to three, no more than five years, you're going to be making at least what you were making in the military more often than not more, you know? Um, and so, you know, it's just, again, ripping that Band-Aid off, but let's rub some dirt on it. Just know that, yeah, you're going to have to buckle down, tighten the belt, you know, maybe take that pay cut. And I say maybe. It's not guaranteed. There are ways to, again, mitigate that and try to even break even when you get out, first get out. But, but again, if you just – if it's let me put it this way. I know I'm starting to ramble here, but let me put it this way. So I, uh, I also work in the nonprofit space for uh, security. So that's my that's my, like my other passion, passion and background you know, from the military, so, you know, like physical security. And – so I train security teams. And one of the things we, we talk about when we go into, uh, you know, disarmament and stuff, you know, in knife fights, when you get in a knife fight, you need to go into that fight knowing you're going to get cut. Um, because if you don't, you're in, when, when it happens, because it's almost inevitably going to happen, you're going to get cut in a knife, knife fight, you're going to go into shock if you're not mentally prepared for that. So it's the same way with transition. It's going to be tough. It's going it's to be stressful and you're going to get cut. But as long as it, you're prepared for it before it happens, when it does happen, you're like, okay, that sucks. I knew it was going to happen. Man, my first resume review was brutal. I knew it was going to happen. That first job interview I had, I didn't get uh, you know, offered the job. I knew it was going to happen. As long as these things, you know, and they're not all going to happen, right? But there's going to be a few of them sprinkled throughout. Failure is going to happen a little bit. Um, as long as you prepare for it ahead of time, you're, you're, you're going to be so much better off for it. And it will will propel you farther on down the road as you continue to find those better jobs and find those opportunities. Because yeah, once you get out and you take that first pay cut, but you got somebody to take a chance on you again, statistically speaking, studies have shown you're going to take off once, once your rubber hits that road, you're gone. And that's why it's 
four to six or three to five jobs in the first four to six years because our, our, our work ethic and all those values that we had in the military, the employers see that and either they promote you within for that reason and you're, you're kicking rear end and taking names or another company sees you doing it on the outside and they try to headhunt you. So, uh, right. I've, I've talked way too much. <laughs> Listen, Keith, I love that because, you know, and I will, Sean, you said I wouldn't, but I will, I will plug ACP. Right. So ACP, I work for ACP in my day job. Right. But listen, my ACP mentor, that was the one thing that she kept pushing me with. Right. She's going to stretch me. She's going to grow me. She's going to challenge me. It is not going to be sit back and everybody's going to feel good. And we're going to sing Kumbaya. Right. It's going to be, no, you've got to, you've got to do the work. You have to be the CEO of your own transition. You've got to be in charge. Right. Yes. You've got to go. Um, dude, I love God. Bless. I know I said, I'm saying this a lot during this interview, Keith, but I love the crap out of you, man. I love what you're doing. I love your, I love your approach to stuff. It's, it's a practical approach, right? And it's, yeah. it's tried and proven. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and what you were saying about mentorship to me goes back to something Eric told me early on in my transition when him and I were talking was that he had essentially a board of advisors, you know, his own personal board of advisors. So it's not just one yeah. mentor, two mentors. He's got a handful of people in different areas that help yes. him. And what he's trying to do. And, and I think that's phenomenal. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be able to do that and not just look at just one thing. And, you know, with organizations sure. like Veterati, ACP and commit foundation, you know, you got, you uh, automatically get some mentors that way. Um, yeah. So hundred yeah, yeah, that, percent. That, that diversity of perspective, that diversity of thought, the avail the availability to get someone else's perspective or someone else's advice, or even just their opinion, and putting it all together, understanding, like you said, Keith, understanding that it is my responsibility to take it, but then it's my responsibility to action. I've got to do what's best for me and my family. Yep. yep. So I hate to say it, but we're coming down to the end already. Oh. Yes, I'm telling you, <laughs> this one this one went really fast. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I didn't even get to half my notes. <laughs> That's okay. That's good. No, no, that means we're going to bring you back. That's that's all that means. Is you have to come I, would, back I would love to be back. I would love to be back. That, that's, um, yes. So as we're coming down to the end, uh, what's one thing you want to leave our audience with? Hmm. Just don't give up. Um, like I, I've, I've already said most of my other, usually I say find a mentor, find 10. I already used that one. So, um, so once you find that mentor, just don't give up. Uh, like I said, it's going to suck. Uh, you know, even if you have a relatively smooth transition, you're going to stress out about some stuff. Um, just keep going, put in the work, you'll be okay. Well, so I'll say it this way. So always like early on, I was always like, what is the perfect formula? Like, what is the formula for successful transition? Because first of all, how do you define a successful transition? Right. So I, you know, you kind of have to go very high level overview. So, um, so I've come up with the formula and it's kind of high over level overview, but there, there's three things to be a successful transitioner. Um, so one, find a mentor, find 10, um, put in the work and then don't give up. If you do those three things and there's a lot that goes into those three things, but the, you know, on a high level, as long as you do those three things, you'll be okay. And that, you know, it, it sounds simple and it's not, but that's, that's really, that's all it takes. So. Absolutely. I, I, that is beautifully stated and, and right to the point. I love it. Sean, I don't know if you noticed, but that the bomb came up and went away real fast. That's the first time you and I have ever hit the bomb at the same time. <laughs> we both saw it. We both heard it. We both yep. did it because that was perfectly stated. Yep. I'm honored. Eric, you got any closing statements? I, dude, I don't know what I can add to that, man. I don't know what I can add to that. I will tell, listen, 
for those of you listening, if you are not connecting with Keith, if you're not following him, if you're not reading his stuff, you are missing out. Some of the articles he writes for us and, and for, for the ACP uh, team is just incredible. The stuff he puts out on, on LinkedIn is amazing. If you're not connecting with him, you're missing out. So please connect with Keith. Um, he's just, he's a, he's a gem. He's a great dude um, and one of my best friends. So I appreciate you, brother. Love you, brother. Thank you so much. Absolutely. This has been a huge pleasure. Thank you for coming on today, Keith, and sharing your knowledge with us. Um, I know we had a conversation one-on-one and I love your no-nonsense approach. I mean, you're direct to the point, but you're not rude about it either. You know, it, it comes it comes from a sincere uh, place, and that's what makes it meaningful. Yep. Uh, so I appreciate definitely everything you're doing to help our community. Uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Vet SOS podcast today. And remember, don't drown the sea of transition, but grab the Vet SOS lifeline.